Welcome to Inside Economics. I'm Mark Zandi, the Chief Economist of Moody's Analytics, and this is a special edition of Inside Economics, something new. We're going to call it Data Deep Dive, and we're going to dive deep into the bowels of the key economic statistics. And I think it's appropriate to begin with the Consumer Price Index, CPI, uh, obviously a very important uh, statistic, uh, particularly uh, top of mind uh, these days. Uh, and the idea here is to really give you a, a wonky sense. Uh, so if you don't like wonk, uh, then you know you don't don't listen. But uh, we're going to give you a really wonky uh, perspective on on this uh, data. And uh, I think the way we're going to f- uh, proceed is, I'll, Ryan, I'm going to let you. Uh, actually, did I introduce you guys? Uh, I'm not sure I did. I got I got Chris Dorides, the deputy chief economist, of course, a co-host, and Ryan Sweet, director of real time economics, also a co-host. We're getting pretty familiar here. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to you first, Ryan, and uh, let you riff a bit about the CPI and tell us about the index and anything you think is important in terms of its construction, any pitfalls, you know, anything you want mm-hmm. to say. And then we'll let uh, Chris fill in the blanks, uh, and then I'll uh, uh, clean up uh, anything that's missing after that, and then we'll see where we go from there. So, Ryan? Sounds good. So the Consumer Price Index is a measure of prices uh, consumers pay, so what you and I are paying. Uh, it is a very pretty detailed. There's all different ki- t- kinds of measures of consumer prices. So this one gets the most attention in the press, the consumer price index. There's uh, a sister type of measure of consumer prices. That's the personal consumption expenditure deflator. That's the Fed's preferred measure. But with regards to the CPI, kind of you know, how it's constructed is it's survey based. Uh, the BLS sends people out, they buy the same basket of goods each month, and they just record how prices have, have changed. Uh, it uses fixed weights. Uh, so every two years, the BLS will update the weights, so the relative importance of each component based on our spending pattern. So you know, recently, they just changed the weights based on spending patterns in 2019, 2020, which includes the pandemic. So we saw a shift, uh, sort of a greater weight on good spending, so stuff. Uh, and a smaller weight on services. So the CPI measures both goods prices and services prices. And one of the biggest contributors to the CPI, one of the most important components is rents, uh, tenant rents, and then something called owner's equivalent rent. And you guys might have to help me out. I always have a hard time explaining exactly what that is, but it's essentially a rent that you would pay for renting your home out. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, maybe Chris think, dive. Chris is the housing expert, so we'll yep. let him you know, explain that in a little bit more detail. I do want to say you you did mention that it's fixed weights. The weights are based mm-hmm. on the spending patterns of consumers. So what percent of the consumer dollar goes to ve- purchasing a vehicle, going to college, buying a hot dog, you know, whatever it is right. we spend our money on. And they changed those weights to reflect consumer spending patterns every couple of years. And they just did that with the January mm-hmm. 2022 Consumer Price Index release. And they increased the weight. And I know this number because I was doing some calculations on commodities, stuff, goods by 1.7 percentage points. So that means our spending uh, on commodities increased by 1.7 percentage points over the share that prevailed prior to this uh, this, this this recent basket and services went down, you know, because right. it all has to add up to 100%, went down 1.7 percentage points. And so that was a big change in the in the index. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, just to elaborate. 
No, that's right. And some of the pitfalls is, again, they use fixed weights. So our spending shifts you know, from month to month. And that's where the personal consumption expenditure deflator, the PCE deflator, differs. Like the, Those weights change on a monthly basis based on spending patterns. Uh, some other pitfalls or shortfalls? So that's the- an important point too, right, Ryan? Because, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, you know, generally, if the price of something rises, people buy less of it, or they substitute for something else. Substitute, so if the price right. of an apple goes up, you go buy an orange if it didn't go mm-hmm. up in price. But those changes month to month aren't reflected in the CPI because they're fixed Correct. weight. Whereas in the PCE, that shift in consumption patterns along the way are captured. That's why generally in a rising rate environment, rising inflation environment, the CPI probably overstates the case because Correct. people are, you know, lumber prices went up and I know my neighbor decided not to build their deck because it would have cost too much. So they stopped buying lumber. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, but that's not reflected in the CPI. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And uh, another pitfall or shortfall of the survey, it's survey based. So response rates can matter a lot. So if you get you know a higher response rate, the more accurate the data is. When you dig through some of the components, particularly uh, physician prices, so medical prices, is the response rate has been dropping for the last several years, and is, I think it's around forty percent. So it's getting really low, and that kind of makes you know the data a little bit less uh, reliable. And why we always got to take each number with a little bit of grain of salt when it comes to that. Uh, the way to look at it, you can look at it a month-to-month basis. So you know what did prices you know do between December and January, for example. Year over year, you know what was the CPI? How much did it increase or decrease uh, you know, relative to last January? Uh, and then you can strip out uh, food and energy, and this is what economists call the core CPI. And we strip out food and energy because these are very volatile prices. So if you want to get a, a good read of what underlying or trend inflation is, you look at the, the core CPI. Yeah, interesting point on that. I think. Uh, the reason why economists like looking at core CPI, X food and energy, or core consumer expenditure deflator, that's the actual preferred measure the Fed uses when trying to gauge the throw, you know, where they should be on monetary policy interest rates, is because that is the best measure to help understand where inflation is headed. It's, it does Correct. the best in terms of mm-hmm. forecasting where you're headed in terms of inflation. Because oil prices go up, gasoline prices go up, food prices go up and down and all around, and they don't really tell you anything about what's going to happen next month or next quarter or next year. But the core uh, is more stable, more sticky. You know, prices don't, inflation doesn't change as much. And therefore, that gives you a better sense of where, where things are headed. So that's why yeah, helps. they go focus on that. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that it helps separate out the signal from the noise. Yeah, good way of saying it. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay, that was that was a good uh, summary. Uh, th- there's a, a lot of moving parts there. Chris, anything you want to grab onto and explain in more detail? Or did Ryan miss anything you'd like to point out? Uh, he did a great job. I, I guess uh, some things I'd point out are, one, I think this is probably one of the toughest problems in all of economics in terms of measuring prices. It sounds like it should be easy, but uh, mm-hmm. there are a lot of moving parts, uh, as you mentioned. One that you referred to was just the, the basket, the weights themselves. And I think one important thing to point out is that the CPI, that, that headline number, is kind of this economy-wide basket of consumption. It actually doesn't refer to any one individual. There's no one, there's like, unlikely to be anyone who actually consumes that amount of um, medical services, used cars, uh, lodging away from home. So 
uh, I get this question a lot with clients. It, and your personal CPI is going to differ, right? Based on your own individual basket. So if you were like me, the first thing I did yesterday when the CPI came out, I put my own weights. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I have specified. That is kind of, really kind of, I know. Pretty I know, cool, a, actually. Uh, <laughs> and, and my own personal inflation is, uh, is higher. It's about 8%. Right? Oh, because, interesting. Uh, you know, Can you send that spread? Is it a spreadsheet, Chris? <laughs> sure. Sure. Can you send that to me? I I think that yeah. is really cool. <laughs> yeah. We had a tool like that up on Economic View years and years and years ago, Didn't where people really? were able to adjust the weights based on their own uh, spending patterns, like Chris did, and it shows you you know what the CPI is, your personal CPI, and then I think we had you know uh, like the average CPI for income cohorts because you can kind of see what you know yeah. how you fare. That is well. How do you yeah. know what you're spending? Is that just your intuition? Estimated, estimated, estimated. right? Oh, estimated. I, yeah. You know, uh, oh, I do the shopping, wow. so I, I have a pretty good idea what what's going on. But yeah. you know, I I learned that I need to cut back on our uh, meat budget, and I, we have to increase our alcoholic beverages uh, <laughs> to bring down the. Uh, uh, yeah, that'll get your inflation, inflation. rate down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's your bogey. I, I don't know about the medical uh, expenses later on, but uh, yeah. Uh, so th I think that's one really important point. Uh, the inflation rate really depends on the demographic or the, per the population that you're looking at. So like, we work with a lot of lenders, for example. If, if they're catering to certain demographics, you know, the inflation is going to have some, some differential effects. Uh, the second point I'd make just in terms of the complexity is uh, around quality adjustments. Right? And I think this is something that gets, gets lost as well. That yeah. you know, if we're talking about commodities, right? Uh, a bag of rice, a pound of rice. Yeah, that's that's consistent uh, from period to period. Um, so measuring the price change is uh, pretty easy. If you're talking about anything a little bit more complex, electronics, right, a computer, smartphone, even a house, right? There are a lot of moving parts there in terms of quality adjustments. Those things age, perhaps they have different features. So this is the, I think the, one of the toughest problems that the uh, BLS researchers face is how do you, how do you quality adjust uh, the items? How do you compare a smartphone from last year to this year's model, right? They may be at the same price point uh, anomaly, but if this year's uh, phone does a lot more, has a lot more features, then actually the price has gone down, right? So that's, that's a challenge. I think you'll, you do see that from time to time as you look at the different components that things move around in different ways. And it's, it's really hard uh, to, to pin down uh, what those quality adjustments are. And that, that uh, does refer back to housing and rents. Yep. So that's, that's how I would tie in here. So Ryan mentioned this uh, owner's equivalent rent is a significant um, component in the overall CPI. I think it's about 25% of mm. the expenditures is housing related. So I, it, the, C, the uh, BLS does a really great job in terms of being very transparent in terms of their methodology. So if you really want to know all the details here, you can go in and, and get a lot of details. The uh, housing is complex. The housing metrics are really complex. One, because you have homeowners and renters, right? So uh, for example, the, um, the weights for housing actually come from the consumer expenditure survey. Uh, where we go out and ask people how much they spend on each uh, good. So homeowners versus renters, we have some some uh, idea of the weights. But the actual values, the prices are from a rental survey, right? So that actually is a, a survey that is conducted uh, throughout the year where, uh, again, the uh, BLS surveyors will go out, look at different properties in different markets, and they're trying to uh, come up with a, a value of the rents. And here too, it's really complicated because you have 
changes in square footage, position, right? Even a townhouse, if you think about it, you have an end unit versus another unit that's a little bit uh, uh, different. You have to all these compensating factors. So uh, for that reason, right, it's uh, it's not an easy problem. So you, I think we definitely need to take the um, the numbers with a grain of salt, but uh, it does give a, a good broad sense of, uh, of of price activity, certainly. Yeah, it's funny. Hopefully I, I didn't I, take too much time there. No, no, that was great. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I do hear always criticism of the inflation numbers that, oh, yeah. that, that does, that's not my inflation rate. That doesn't right, feel right. right. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think people, like you say, recognize that their basket of spending is different than the typical person in America. And also you know, the quality adjustments kind of blow people's minds. You know, if you yeah. think about that for three seconds or even a second, you go, oh, uh, yes, of course. I mean, a vehicle today is not the same vehicle a year ago or certainly 30 years ago. So you got to correct for that. I mean, you know, make sure that you get that quality adjustment and people don't really, you know, get that either. But uh, I think the CPI does a, a pretty good job. One other point, I don't think, uh, just to fill in the blanks a little bit more, the CPI is based on out-of-pocket expenses, right? So good point. actually mm -hmm. what you're yep. shelling out yeah. uh, on <clears throat> things and uh, not what your actual expenditures are because the government also does spending on your behalf, like, or insurance companies, right? So yep. in, in the case of healthcare, and that's why the weight on uh, healthcare, medical care is a lot lower in the CPI than it is in the core or in the uh, consumer expenditure deflator and housing is much more important in the CPI because we shell out cash for rent than it mm -hmm. is in the uh, PCE, the core consumer expenditure deflator. Um, and, and that's, uh, you know, one of the reasons why, along with the, the way the weights are calculated, the, the inflation rate as measured by the CPI tends to be got about a quarter percentage point per annum higher than on the uh, core, on the uh, consumer expenditure deflator. Although like right now, that gap is likely to get a lot wider because the cost of housing rent growth is mm -hmm. very, very strong and going to remain, continue to get stronger because of the lack of affordable housing and low vacancy rates. Whereas uh, medical care, well, that might pick up a little bit too, but it's been very low. And so that the gap there is quite big and getting bigger and because of the different weights, you're going to might see a, a larger gap between inflation as measured by the CPI as compared to the PCE uh, deflator, which again is the Fed's preferred measure. But it always yeah. wasn't. The Fed used to look at the CPI and then Greenspan, Alan Greenspan, Fed Chair Alan Greenspan, in I think 2000, 2001, switched the Fed's measure from the CPI toward uh, to the PCE deflator. Oh, is that? Yeah, I've, I've forgotten that. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, it was Greenspan that did that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was an appropriate move. I mean, I think. That, oh, I agree. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a, it's just a better measure of inflation because of the, particularly because of the weighting and, and the uh, overall basket of goods. Um, okay. Uh, I think that was pretty down and dirty, wasn't it? With the CPI, was there anything else that we missed Ryan or Chris uh, that you want to uh, talk about uh, bring forward? can't think of anything. I think that was pretty good. Not unless you really want to oh, get into the price got indices. One other and really <laughs> deep, uh, really deep new products. That's also mm. a problem, right? Yeah, because you have the introduction of new products and services and that doesn't get into the CPI right away. And generally those new products and services that are, are you know, higher quality, lower price than the existing 
product that it might be substituting for. And so uh, uh, that's another reason why generally these measures of inflation like the CPI overstate the case that they're not really capturing the effects of uh, new products and services, at least not quickly. It happens only with a lag. So that's another thing to consider. Actually, I do remember back, uh, and I think this goes back to when Greenspan made this change, there was a commission uh, that investigated uh, in, uh, the inflation measures and, and strongly argued that the CPI was overstating inflation. This was, I think, Michael Boskin, who was like the CEA chair under Bush one or something. He, ha he had that commission and they used that as a basis for making this switch from the CPI to the PCE in terms of setting monetary policy. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Ryan. Did you want to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say that CPI does feed into other data. So the PCE deflator uses the CPI as source data along with other uh, measures like the producer price index. So CPI does end up in other, in other spots. Yeah, good. Okay, I think that was a pretty uh, deep, deep dive on the CPI. I'm, I'm sure the real wonks out there might, we might hear from them and uh, they'll correct us if we got anything wrong or if we missed anything. Uh, but really curious, you, the listener, what do you think of this? Do you think it's useful? Uh, let, let us know because this is an experiment. Uh, we're just really curious whether you find this valuable or not. Uh, and Ryan, are we going to put this up on EV, economic view for mm -hmm. uh, folks uh, so that when they go to the economic release, they can listen to this podcast to get a deeper dive? Is that we're going to do that? That's a great idea. Anyway. We can put it in uh, on economic view. We have that definition tab. Yeah, exactly. We'll put it right there. Okay, perfect. Excellent. Okay, good. Well, uh, that we'll call this the, the, uh, the a mini podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. I hope, hope you found it useful and we'll talk to you soon. Take care now. Bye bye. Mm -hmm.